Hello, friend. My name is Todd Martin, and I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church. And I'm so glad you're taking a little time right now to spend time in God's Word with me. Now, today is going to be a little different in regards to the message for those who don't know. I usually bring you the sermon that was preached the previous Sunday. Well, last Sunday at Smithville Mennonite, we had a guest preacher, and he brought an excellent message, but it went a little too long for our radio time. So if you want to go see that message, you can always go to our YouTube channel at our website, smc585.org, or just Google Smithville Mennonite, and you'll get there. Uh, look for sermons, and you can see the excellent message Wes Furlong brought us about fruitfulness. But again, it was a little too long, so I actually went back and dug into my sermon archives <laughs> to a file called My Greatest Hits Sermon. And I've got uh, some sermons in there that I really enjoy preaching, and this is one of them. Now we're going to leave 1 Thessalonians for just a little while here and go back into the Old Testament. And I'm in a book called 1 Kings chapter 18 with a message called Obadiah's Obligation. Now this was actually preached on July 30th, 2017, but as I went over it, I was amazed at how relevant it still is even today. So before we get into the word, let me pray. Lord, you know this sermon was preached a little while ago, but because your word is relevant no matter when it's preached, I pray that you would continue to speak to us even today. Oh Lord, let there be more of you and less of me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. At the end of the day, what makes a hero a hero is making the hard choices and doing what needs to be done no matter what. There is something exhilarating about that level of commitment. In fact, we see it as heroic. But this can also be pretty scary. You know, are heroes ever scared? Of course they are. Remember, you can't be brave till you are scared. And heroes are always brave, which means they're probably always scared too. Here again is the difference between a humanistic or perhaps what we would consider a Marvel or DC hero and a godly hero, as we will see in the Bible today. The first one, that is the humanistic hero, does his or her heroics by the power and for the glory of self. But the godly hero is made heroic by the power of God and does it all for God's glory alone. Now, a heroic cliche that a lot of people know though it never actually was said in a movie by a hero. I know I thought it was said by John Wayne somewhere. But it's the ultimate expression of heroic hubris or pride. Maybe you could even say it with me. Can you finish this? 
uh, statement. Sometimes a man's got to do what a man's got to do. But just like I messed up people a few years back when I uh, when I changed up the old Sunday school uh, children's rhyme. Do you remember the Sunday school children's rhyme that goes like this? This is the church. See the steeple. Open the door and see all the people. Well, I really messed that up because I made it more biblical. I made it more accurate. And so at Smithville Mennonite, we do it like this. This is the church. See all the people. This is just a building with a steeple. Now, I'm going to mess up this heroic cliche too. Because all godly heroes believe the point of our sermon today. And because I believe you are called to be a godly hero too. I want you to believe it as well. And so here is a better cliche for heroes. And it even rhymes. This is the point of your sermon. If you want to write it down, I think that would be a great idea. The point is this. Sometimes a man's got to do what God wants him to. Sometimes a man's got to do what God wants him to. Hey, you know, if you really want to be a hero, you just scratch out the word sometimes and say, a man's got to do what God wants him to. You know, you should tell your neighbor that in your best John Wayne voice. If somebody's sitting here listening to the sermon with you, just tell them, a man's got to do what God wants him to. Now, that'll be our call and response uh, throughout this message. I'll ask you to do it, even though I know you're uh, sitting somewhere. Uh, you should still try and say it out loud. Maybe you just want to whisper it if you're listening to this at work. Or if it's early in the morning and you don't want to wake anybody up. So now I'll ask you to open your Bibles to our text in 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'll remind you that this is from the We Need a Hero series. And we were studying a man whose heroic reputation spans the Old Testament and the New Testament. In this series, We Need a Hero, it was about a man who Jesus talked about and who talked to Jesus face to face. A man who performed miracles by the power and for the glory of God. A man who I believe scripture confirms never died. Do you know who I'm talking about? Elijah. But here's the cool part of this sermon. Elijah actually calls out another hero in our text. One you may have never heard of until you heard today's sermon title. Remember what it is? Obadiah's obligation. Now, let's get to the best part of the sermon. I gave you time to get to your text in 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 1. After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab. 
and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab had summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of his palace. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord, verse 4. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, fifty in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive so we don't have to kill any of our animals. So they divided the land they were to cover. Ahab going in one direction and Obadiah in the other. We're going to stop right there with the text and I'm going to give you subpoint number one. You know, we have your main point, which is a man's got to do what God wants him to. But then I usually give you subpoints as we go along the way. And this is subpoint number one, if you'd like to write it down. Obadiah's occupational obstruction. Obadiah's occupational obstruction. That's a lot of O's, isn't it? Then I give you a challenge question. What can you leverage for the Lord? What can you leverage for the Lord? In life, there are two kinds of heroes. The ones you see and the ones you don't. Now, most of the heroes, especially godly ones, do their work under the radar. Obadiah, Obadiah had to as he worked for one of the baddest Baal-worshipping pervert kings Israel ever knew, whose wicked wife was even worse. He saw the situation with the slaughter of God's prophets, and he knew a man's got to do, you say it, what God wants him to. Now notice the text doesn't say, the Lord thus saith, Obadiah, go ye therefore and rescue my prophets. Put them in a cave, 50 each. You see, I know some people think God talks in KJV. Rather, like King James Version, rather he speaks I-Y-H-H. Do you know what that means? I-Y-H-H is short for in your head or heart. In your head or heart. Godly heroes look at situations and know that it's not right. God doesn't want that. And they hear his voice in their head and their heart. And they act. They do what they know God needs them to do. Friends, so often I blow the heroic opportunity out of cowardice. I know what God would have me to do. It's obvious most of the time. But I think, oh no, I better wait for a direct word from the Lord. I better pray about this a little bit more. When it's obvious something is going down and it's so clearly against God's will or God's way. Friends, sometimes we just need to do what God tells us to do in our head and in our heart. What do I mean? Let me give you a few concrete examples. There are hungry and homeless people in this world. 
God cares deeply about that. And I could do a whole sermon just on God's concern about the hungry and the homeless. Can I just ask you this? What are you doing about it? Years ago, a dear saint named Richard Ross introduced me to the haven of rest. And I believe, at least on our radio broadcast, the Haven of Rest program usually comes after this one. You see, the Haven of Rest feeds and gives housing to a lot of homeless people in Akron, Ohio. The Salvation Army does the same thing in Worcester and Orville. Do you help these organizations that are helping people? Let me give you another example. There are slaves in this world today. God hates slavery. There are more slaves today than there were at the time of the Civil War. Are you even concerned about it? Will you do anything about it? You see, these slaves are not picking cotton in the southern states. They are making porn as sex slaves or being prostituted all over the world, again, as sex slaves. Does that bother you? If it does, can I encourage you to just Google International Justice Mission or IJM for short? International Justice Mission is an organization that I've promoted over the years. It's an organization that goes and frees slaves in Jesus' name. I'd like you to go and look into that. If you'd like to go to International Justice Mission, I think they do uh, amazing work, again, in Jesus' name. And then, when you go find out about it, simply ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, there's any number of things you know God wants you to deal with. And this is not just a plea for more money. Rather, I would have you ask Jesus right now, what do you want me to do? And let him speak to you through the rest of this sermon. If God tells you what to do, if he lays on your heart something that he once changed, will you do something about it? Because you know, a man's got to do what God wants him to. I need to get back into my text. Back in 1 Kings 18, verse 7. As Obadiah was walking through, walking along, I should say, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground and said, Is it really you, my lord Elijah? Yes, he replied. Go tell your master, Elijah is here. Verse 9, check this out. What have I done wrong, asked Obadiah, that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death? As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or a kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. And whenever a nation or kingdom claimed you were there, claimed you were not there, he made them swear 
they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. Verse 12. I don't know where the Spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. If I go and tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord since my youth. Haven't you heard, my Lord, what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, fifty in each, and supplied them with food and water. Here is your next subpoint, and I really like the O's in this sermon. So here comes another O-filled subpoint. Obadiah's obvious objection. Obadiah's obvious objection. And your challenge question, what are you afraid to do for God? Or even more so, do you think you've already done enough? Now, let's push back. Here our undercover hero is called out. And he's scared. Can I just tell you today, if you've been serving the Lord, if you've been following the Lord, you know, you went to Sunday school as a kid, you went to youth group as a teen, and now you serve as an adult in a quietly heroic way, don't be too surprised if one day soon, and I'm hoping it's even today, God calls you out. He wants you to be a witness for his truth. He wants to pull you out from under the covers. You see, so many of God's heroes are undercover heroes. But you better be ready when he wants to pull you out from under the covers. What do I mean? Right now, I'm finding myself again in a position where I need to stand for truth. And people are not going to like me. Do I think they will kill me? I certainly hope not. But with my profound people-pleasing propensity, when someone doesn't like me, it feels like they want to kill me. But you see, that's my dysfunction. The point is this. It's easy for me to whine to God and say, haven't I done enough for you already? I'm a pastor. I'm a dad. I'm, I'm trying to live a godly life. I tithe. I read my Bible. I pray. I sing to you. I do all this stuff for you, God. Now you want me to do this too? You see, Obadiah thought that he had checked the box. He had done his part, and he, and really, he'd put his life on the line already by hiding and helping those dudes in the cave. But this is where you need to remember that powerful quote from my favorite Chronicles of Narnia book called A Horse and His Boy. We all need to remember this quote. Often, the reward for a good deed well done is a greater deed to do. 
Shasta, the little boy hero in this book, knew when he heard that quote, a man's got to do what God tells him to. I really would recommend. If you want to read a beautiful uh, hero story, The Chronicles of Narnia, A Horse and His Boy, is a great one. And again, it gives us that quote. Often the reward for a good deed, well done, is a still greater deed to do. What is the greater deed God is calling you to today? Because you know a man's got to do what God tells him to. Now you might say, but Todd, what am I to do? May I suggest whatever God may be whispering into your head or your heart, or how about this? Whatever you can do. You know, a few years ago, there was a lady at my church who decided she needed to collect stamps. In fact, she would say God told her to collect stamps. And she collected a million stamps. And she sent these stamps to an organization that would, that would sell the stamps and then would distribute Bibles throughout the world. This lady, in her lifetime, collected over a million stamps. And today, somebody, somewhere, has a Bible because of her. I know of another dear saint who lives in a place where there's lots of older people. And even though this person can't walk all that well or all that far anymore, walking the hall is what they feel God called them to do. And this person said to me, as I walk these halls, I pray for each person behind each door because I know not everyone in this place is a Christian. Not everyone in this place knows Jesus. So I walk these halls and I pray for each person behind each door that they can know Jesus. You see, these saints are being faithful to what God is concerned about and also what can be done about it every day. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change up the point just a little bit. Just my part. You can still say your part. Because a saint's got to do. That's right, ladies. I'm not just going to leave it for a man's got to do. A saint, and if you're trying to follow Jesus, if you've been saved by his blood, and you know him as Lord and Savior, you're a saint. And that's why I say, a saint's got to do what? What God wants them to a saint's got to do what God wants them to. You know, another quote that I absolutely love is by one of my favorite preachers, Craig Groeschel, over there at Life Church. He said this in his sermon a while ago, if you're not dead, you're not done. You know, maybe you need to poke someone today and say, hey, are you dead? Oh, you're not dead? Okay, then you're not done. If you're not, if you're not dead... You're not done. Folks, the examples I gave to you about people doing things 
these are all older people, but they're still sensitive to what God wants them to do. Can you be sensitive? Are you doing what God wants you to? Will you ask him today? Let me finish up our text, then I'll let you go. I'm in verse 14. And now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. He will kill me. Verse 15. Elijah said, As the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Your last sub-point is this, Obadiah's opportune obedience. Obadiah's opportune obedience. Don't you just love all these O's? Now here's your challenge question. Even though you are afraid, will you still follow through with God with what God wants you to do? Even though you are still afraid, will you still follow through with what God wants you to do? Now, if you are scared at this point, that's good. God wants you to need him, and thus you can be brave. Now, friends, just so you know, this is where the heroes are separated from the wannabe heroes. This is where the rubber of faith hits the road of life and the person is propelled in one of two directions, towards obedience to God or away from it. You know, Obadiah could have said, okay, buddy, you just go do that. I'm out of here. But he didn't. He obeyed. He faced Ahab. Now, this probably blew his cover as an undercover hero of God, but he didn't care because I believe at that point he knew a saint's got to do what God tells him to. Let me ask you this. Who is your Ahab? What is the truth you need to deliver to your Ahab? Let's back it up. Maybe you're not there yet. Let's go and think back in our text. What is the slaughter that got your attention? What is something you see right now that you know God wants you to do something about? Will you do it? Even though it may be dangerous or just plain uncomfortable now, and perhaps it will lead you to even greater risk later. Oh friend, a saint's got to do what God tells him to. I believe right now, God wants to call out heroes. If he's been talking and you've been listening and there's something you got to do, I pray that you will want to and that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be faithful to follow through just like Obadiah did with his obligation. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are still calling out heroes. Right now, if someone is, is feeling that nudge, hearing that call that they need to do something you want them to, I pray that they would do it.
Lord, I thank you for the witness of Scripture and your bold servant, Obadiah. We know that he hesitated. We know that he questioned, but then he still did what you wanted him to do. Lord, thank you that you still call us to do what you want us to. Thank you for Jesus and the clarification that he gives us in knowing that we are to love people and love you. Oh Lord, I pray that you would guide the heroes that have heard this message today to do all that you want them to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.